Amen. Amen. Church, good morning. Good morning. Let's try that again because it's a beautiful morning. Good morning. Now, you know, I, had to co- I have to confess, I didn't think I'd be, you know, after doing one service, like, are you as fired up second service? But I'm fired up second service. Anybody else? I'm ready to go. Anybody feel like they've been in a fight this week with all that's been going on? I feel like somebody punched me dead in this big nose on my face right now. Maybe you at home are feeling that way. I don't know. It's, it's just the oddest thing. And coming into this message this morning, I said, you know what, God? You're so good. And everything we sang about this morning, do, do you realize that we were giving honor to God? Like we were joining. I love this. Just take this little extra credit for you. So go to Job chapter 42. We'll get there in a minute. Job chapter 42. We are singing along with a chorus of angels to our Savior. Despite our circumstance, despite everything that's been going on, we can say glory to God. Amen? Let's try it again. Amen? Amen. Now, that's like y'all had some coffee this morning. You had a little, a couple extra hours of sleep. We good? We good? We good? Well, in case you don't know me, I'm like you don't know me, right, Pastor Jack? I'm Jason. I serve with Youth for Christ East Michigan, and um, I get to go along the highways and byways of many of our local schools, which right now we're on Zoom and doing some YouTube stuff, but God willing, we're going to be back in the school soon, and thank you again, uh, as I always do, for Evident Church's support. I'm one of the local missionaries that you guys support here, and God is just so faithful, Amen. Before we open this word, Job chapter 42, I know you've already opened it, but before we read from it, let me offer a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you. You are an amazing God. And this morning, as we look at the blessing, if anything, Lord, I pray that we would know how blessed we are. Not the things, but the time we spent with you. Thank you, God, for those uh, that are here this morning, maybe for the first time or at home listening for the first time. I pray that the very words that proceed from my mouth are your words, Lord, your words, and that you would touch hearts across the Internet and right here, here at church this morning, Lord, that you would touch hearts right now. In Jesus name, we all pray. say amen. 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 All right. Job chapter 42. Now, by raise of hand, and you can put in the comments. How many of you guys were with us last week? Raise your hand. Or watch last week. Ah, some, okay, put them, try them again. Raise your hand. Okay, and you can put a little clap up if you're at home. This is really cool. Okay, if you didn't know it, I'm really excited. Okay, I'm sorry. I just am. I have been waiting to preach this message for three months. Now, last week, I loved preaching that, but it's kind of hard to talk about the battles we face. It's, it's hard at times. But when we talk about the blessing, I know I cannot see beneath your mask, but I know, except for yours. I know that it should bring a smile to your face. See, I can see your cheeks moving up, so that's good. That's good. Well, just by way of review, if you weren't here last week or if you, if you, if you can, go on and watch the broadcast from last week because it directly leads into what we're going to talk about this morning. That is, last week we talked about the battle. This week we're talking about the blessing. Last week I gave you three points to be uh, watching the battle, enduring the battle, to be spiritually healthy, to have true community, and to watch out for the battle of the mind. Let me say that again. Spiritual health, true community, and battlefield or the battle of the mind. Anybody had a struggle with the battle of the mind this week? Or is it just me? Oh, my people, I'm going to be honest today. I know it's going up in the comments. Come on, y'all. We, I have battled some stuff in my mind this week. Well, I felt like the Israelites in Exodus, like, Lord, 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 when is this going to end? Right. Let's be honest. I've been there. And I I think, you know, at at times when we we battle, 
with ourselves most times, or when we battle with our, our thoughts, or we battle with those things and situations around us, we can do the why, why, or God, I, I just don't understand. And, and that's what Job is doing. To take you back to where we began last week, Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 22. Man named Job, he, had a man, he was a man of integrity. He was an upright and blameless man. And he was a man that feared the Lord. The direct translation of fear of the Lord is actually more respect. So not afraid fear, but respect of the Lord. You follow what I'm saying? He had all this stuff. And Satan comes before God and says, all right, God, the only reason that Job is serving you is because you've given him everything. All those things. The donkeys, the sheep, the, the prosperous sons and daughters. You've given him all these riches. If you take it away from him, he'll curse you to your face. Now, as I said last week, here's a little disclaimer. Let's not get into the, well, why would God allow that? And God allow, well, well, yeah, we could go there. And if you want to have a conversation afterwards, text me. We can do it because I don't read a lot of this stuff. This is good stuff. But where we want to land here is that Job went through a lot. If you were here last week, I kind of gave you, and it might have been, it was hard for me to reread, but if you were able to, Job chapter 1, Job chapter 42, where we're going to be today, people like to just do Job chapter 1 and then do Job chapter 42, but there's a lot of other stuff that happens in the middle, right? And that was my challenge from last week, was for you to actually read Job chapter 2 to 41 so that we get to 42. If you didn't do it, it's okay. You always get an A for effort from me, all right? Is that right? Some of you are like, oh my gosh, I did It's okay. I'm going to give you a little recap. Well, stay with me. So we see that this stuff is taken away from Job. His, his, his family is, is gone. His, his wealth is just diminished. And this is what happens. He's still, again, a blameless, complete integrity and upright man. He had, this is what he had, seven sons, three daughters, servants, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. And you're looking at me like, what does that mean to me in 2021 America? Right? Because we don't have a contest, but he was just... He was a wealthy man. Is that okay? He had a lot. That was a lot for that society. And what we find is that Job is uh, um, worried about his family at certain instances between chapter 2 and chapter 41. In fact, he talks of how he prays for his sons and his, the generations to come. And he prays for all that's going on despite the suffering he was going through. Job chapter 1 verse 5, he didn't want his kids to curse God in their hearts. Now this is, after, this is all through the discourse we talked about last week. He wanted them to serve God. But can you imagine what it was like for his sons and daughters and, and it, the surrounding people as he began to lose all this? Then he lost them. He lost all this stuff. And yet he was literally sitting Covered in sores, I know this is great breakfast conversation, stay with me though. Sitting covered in sores, but he still praised God. Think about it. We just praise God. We, think about it. The song we sang, it's, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. Stop right there. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. Think about that for a second. That's powerful. I can say that over and over again. It's God's breath in our lungs. That's why we pour out our praise, because it's his breath in our lungs. He's given us another day to praise his name. Whether you're here in person or at home, you have that opportunity. Let's not miss it. If you're with me, Job chapter 42, go ahead and open it up. And what we're going to find is through the life of Job, some things happen. Starting at verse 1. I love this. I got this underlined in my Bible. Think about what we've gone through this week. Think about what we've gone through the last year. Just take the year, okay? Job starts in chapter, chap, chapter 42, verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, 
I know you can do anything and no one can stop you. Come on, church. Y'all can clap for that. I like that. That's some good stuff. I know you can do. Oh, I get goosebumps. I know you can do anything. You created us. I know you can do anything. Come on. COVID don't have no dominance over our God. Right? The situations that have happened in the last week have no dominance over God. He can do anything. Now, we can sit there in that space of, well, why won't he do it? Right? We can sit there. But the fact is, the blessing is not him. It's not the, the act of what's being done. The blessing is walking with God through situations. That's the blessing. If you don't catch anything else this morning, catch that. The blessing is not the, the, what's going to happen to Job in this chapter. The blessing is that we get the honor of walking with God through situations in our life. You've been on this earth any length of time. You've walked through some situations. Anybody been there? Raise your hand at home if you did. I can't see you, but we'll see you later. You've been through some stuff, some stuff maybe you didn't have an answer for, and God shined brightly. Look at verse 2, or verse 3, I'm sorry. You ask, who is, it this, who is this that questions my wisdom? Verse 3 of chapter 42. Who is this that questions with my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I, and I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. You might look at this as Job questioning God. He is respectfully having a discourse conversation because you got to take into granted that between chapter two and chapter 41, some things happen. His wife actually comes to Job and says, listen, Job chapter two, verse nine, uh, you don't need to be this man of integrity. You need to curse God and die because you must have did something wrong. Can you what this is this could this will make a great lifetime movie right here. Right. His wife came to him and said, OK, Joe, listen, it's a lot going on. What did you do? He had three friends. Right. The chapters five through eight. They came to him and said, Joe, something's wrong. Something's, you, you, and all throughout these middle chapters, they looked at him and said, listen, there's something wrong, Joe. You must have done something wrong. Yet he sat there covered in sores and praised God. Think about that for a second. We, we can argue back and forth, well, why would God allow this? But God is clear. He says, listen, when it comes to the blessing, the blessing is not the restoration. That's amazing. That's actually a bonus. The blessing is that God is with us. We talked about it last week. We talked about it during Christmas time. God with us, the Emmanuel. Why do we lose our focus on that? Three things I want to give. Oh, I take a deep breath. Hold on. I'm getting, this is good. Three ways we want to look at God's blessing this morning. And I want you to write these down. Put them in the notes on your phone. Just like we talked about the battle last week, we're talking about the blessing. And three ways that we want to look at God's blessing. The first one is this. Don't be disappointed. You are appointed. Don't be disappointed. You are appointed. Don't be disappointed at God's response. Don't be disappointed at what's going on around us. I said earlier, right, I felt like I've been in a prize fight with all that's been going on in the world, right? We counted down 3, 2, 1 to 2021, and why does it feel like October of 2021 with the week we've had? Anybody, right? It feels like we done went through 10 months. I'm like, it's just been three weeks, two weeks. Really? Why? Because we can get so bogged down around the things around us. And we can have that temptation like Job's wife had in chapter 2, verse 9, where she came to him and says, do you persist in suffering? Why, why do you persist? Just curse God and die. Be done with it. But Job knew that through what he was going through, God was going to teach him. 
Psalm chapter 107, verse 10, you can read it later. Some sit in darkness and utter gloom, abandoned and suffering. And we see that playing out around our world now. People looking up and saying, where's God? He's right here with us. That true community I spoke about last week here at Evident Church, that's true community. The people of God, the men and women of God that are here this morning or at home watching, they can say, you know what? I want, I got to keep that true community there. Otherwise, we become isolated. When we become isolated, ladies and gentlemen, our mind starts playing tricks on us. Anybody been there? Felt lonely? We all been there, right? We felt, you feel lonely. It's like, is it just me? I always joke with all of, my, all of my friends who are pastors. I have moments where God touches my heart, and I start texting. P. Josh knows this. I start texting in the morning, and they're probably like, why is Jason up at 6 o'clock in the morning? Got to do it. Got to do it. And I, I say, hey, you're giving God's word. Go get him for Jesus. And it, because here's the thing. God's giving them the word to give to you so that you can give to everybody else. And I actually had one pastor text me back. I, I said, hey, you know, go get him for Jesus, praying for you this morning. He, he texted me back. Why would you say that? Like I knew something. I was like, no, I just do what God put on my heart. Let's be more like that. Versus like, what, 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 what? Did I do something wrong? No, you didn't. I'm just praying for you. Let's be obedient in doing that. Taking into consideration that in our disappointment, we can lose focus on God. We are appointed. Now, that doesn't mean we're appointed. Are you appointed to suffer just for suffering's sake? No. That means when we go through suffering, which we will, that we walk hand in hand with God. Again, that's the blessing. That's the blessing. To say, you know what? I, Lord, have mercy for what I'm going through. Lord, have mercy for the thoughts that I'm having, but I want to trust you more. I want to be more like you, Lord. How can we do that? By considering it an appointment and not a disappointment. Isaiah 53, uh, 5 and 6 talks about how he will bear our own suffering. Our own suffering. How do we deal with suffering? That's a whole, that's a sermon series right there, P. Josh. Call me up. We'll talk about that. That's a sermon. How do we deal with, how do we deal with suffering? How do we deal with, with disappointment? You know what? Sometimes we need to just stop and take a deep breath. Anybody there? I don't know about you, but Wednesday, I needed a deep breath. I had to go take a nap. I was, it was just too much. And you know what ended up happening? I ended up on the floor playing Legos with my son with the TV turned off and had the best time ever. Now, Legos are very complicated these days. I just want to point that out. It used to be the yellow, the red, and the blue block. Now you got these little bitty, right? I was like, I need a degree to figure this out. What is this? But my son was so happy. He wasn't concerned about what's going on in the world. He's like, let's just play Legos. I thought, okay. And even when I stepped on one of those Lego pieces the next morning when I got out of bed, I seem to do that a lot. I still praise God. Because from that moment, I could just, I could, I, I could remind myself, you know what? We're appointed to the blessing of God. We will endure some suffering. We will. There's a quote by Max Lucado. You can write this down. I think it'll be on the screen. God is in control. It's not over until he says so. Mishaps and tragedies are not a reason to bail out. Come on, y'all. They are a reason to sit tight. Write that down and share that with somebody this morning. They are a reason to sit tight. Let me read it again. God is in control. It's not over until he says so. Mishaps and tragedies are not a reason to bail out. They are a reason to sit tight. Max Lucado wrote that. There's a reason. So in other words, you know what? We know how, I said it last week. And I, here, here I am again. I said it this morning. Jesus, take the wheel, right? Well, if he takes the wheel, you better buckle up, right? Put, that, put your spiritual biblical seatbelt on and let's go. Did you think it was going to be so easy? 
right? Think about that. I actually shared that a, a couple of weeks back with a person, a person I was talking to on the phone. I said, you know, if, if, if the Christian walk w- was easy, you know, everybody would do it and say they're doing it fine. And pretty much that's what we see in our society, right? But the Christian walk is hard. It's the hard. It, you know what? I, do I want to freak out and run from the hills like this? Ah, I really do sometimes. But I know that my trust is in the Lord. Let's not lose sight on that. So when we read about the Israelites complaining in, in the desert, remember that? And, and, and I, I would read that story. Well, why in the world are they complaining? I would have been like, I'm sticking with Moses. Moses just parted that sea. All right, that's the power of God right there. Y'all talking about going back to Egypt? No, no, no. This is the Jason translation. Just stay with me. I'm not going back to Egypt. Slavery is back in Egypt. But what did they do? They whined and they cried. And if we could go back to Egypt, we were much better to stop that. And we do that now in 2021, right? We whine if it could just be like it was. You know what? I I miss it. But you know what? I'm trusting God. And it may not be like it was. Think about this. Let me give you a little hope this morning. Is that all right? Maybe much better. Maybe much better. Again, why? Because the blessing is not the thing on the other side. The blessing is walking with God. Amen? Don't be disappointed. You are appointed. Let's remember that. Let's, let's take comfort in that. Think about Job's life, right? He had a life of ease. He had wealth. He had everything he wanted. And yet people, Satan especially thought that that was the result of him having good faith. He had, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. His faith was not generated by what he had. His faith was generated by trusting in the blessing of God. That's all. That's it. Right? Think about that for a second. Your perspective could be askew, can't it? You could go, why God, why? Why is this happening to me? Right? What, 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 why, why, why are we dealing with COVID? Why, why? And, and you will give yourself an immense headache doing that. Right? Anybody been there? Because we, we're honest. We're human. Or you could go to the where, where, where is God? Where is God? I've got a story that's going to illustrate that at the very end of my message this morning that I think will, will reach you to your heart. Because God's right here with us right now. In a few moments, you will leave this place and go back to your very lives. But the question becomes, when you're dealing with disappointment in terms of what's going on in your life, are you going to trust in the appointment of God that he's going to show up right on time? Or do we kind of run away like the Israelites? Like, I don't understand. Why is this happening? Think about that for a second. Are we willing to trust God? Where are you, God? It's a natural human response. Why? Why is this happening, God? You know, I can think of a moment in my life, actually, when I was 19, and um, I really thought I had everything. Anybody been there? And I'm not saying it's a 19-year-old thing. It was a 19-year-old Jason thing. Okay, follow me here. I thought I had it all figured out, right? I got accepted to a college. I said, I'm going to be a doctor. That's the way I look when I said it, see? I'm going to be a doctor. Nothing wrong with that. Then I took my first class in cell molecular biology. (laughs) It was an utter train wreck from day one. I'm telling you, I sat in that class like, I don't even know what language this man is speaking. I I don't, electrons in the outer shell, what? And then slowly but surely, I began to notice that maybe, with all due respect to doctors and physicians, maybe that wasn't where God wanted me to be. But I struggle, right, because I figured it out. And I, 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 if I could have that conversation with myself at 19 and now, 
oh my gosh. Do you guys ever think of that sometimes? Like, oh my gosh, I would never believe myself. First of all, that I'm talking to myself, but that's another story for another time. But I, the fact that I'm a, a, a pastor, like, and I'm standing up in front of people, what? Little shy, yeah, I was at one point. Little shy, Jason's actually standing up talking about God? But see, that's the difference that God can make in our lives. When we realize that we are appointed. And right now, wherever you're at in your walk, in your faith, wherever you're at with your family, wherever you're at, just sitting here right now this morning, God is with you. That Emmanuel we talked about over Christmas, it still holds true. Consider it not disappointment, but appointment. Think about that for a second. Next point, you can write this down. Not only uh, does disappointment become appointment, and this is one of my favorite points. I'm going to park here for a minute, but position yourself to receive the blessing. This is not talked about very often. And I'm not talking about, again, the blessing of the things. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about the blessing of walking with God. You follow what I'm saying? Positioning yourself. Anybody here, and even if you're at home, ever had to cry out and say, God, I don't understand, but I'm just going to trust you for the ride. Right? And if you haven't had to do that yet, you will. You will. Think about that. Position yourself to receive the blessing. Even as his life looked to be over, Job still loved and had compassion on his brothers and sisters. Job still loved and said, you know what? I, I, ha I have compassion on my people. Even I can only imagine as people walked, around, walked by and looked at him like, what, what, what's wrong with him? You might be sitting there asking yourself, well, how long did Job suffer? I'm glad you asked that question because I've done a little research. I love this chapter, this book of the Bible. Done a little research. Anywhere that suffering, what we read from Job chapter 1 to Job chapter 42, took place either one day or two years. Most scholars agree it's somewhere in that realm. Could you, could you imagine all this happening in one day? Could you imagine how over, could you imagine COVID happening, everything you experienced with COVID happening in one day? You go batty, right? Right? That's not a medical term, but, you know, I'm not a doctor, so take it for what it's worth. <laughs> right? Or, or even over two years, it's like, oh, my gosh. How did he, he live with all that suffering for two years? He positioned himself to receive the blessing. And you want to know the best position for you to be in, whether it's mentally or, or physically, to receive the blessing? I'm glad you asked, and I'm going to try to do this without knocking over the drum cage like I almost did last week. Okay? This is the best position. To almost did. To receive the blessing. And I said, if it's physically, great. But even if it's mentally, just to humble yourself before God and say, God, I need more of you. God, I don't have the answers. And with, our, you know, I, I've got a six-year-old, so I can't do this as much because he's looking at daddy for all the answers. But whether you've got teenagers or young adults in your household, to look at them at times, and when it comes to stuff going on around the world, say, son, daughter, nephew, niece, grandchild, I don't have all the answers, but I know who does. And that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When you position yourself to receive the blessing, we understand that, you know what, I'm just going to wait on God. Whether it's one day or two years. And I have a particular prayer that I've used for myself when I'm going through something, whatever it is. I say, God, if you, you know, whatever you're going to teach me, please teach me and teach me quick. I, I love that. I, I heard that said one time. I was like, man, that's really good. I got to use that for me because I don't, anybody impatient, that's not me, right? And sometimes God takes you onto that off ramp quicker than you're ready for, right? Whenever I'm driving with my wife, she is the queen of getting you someplace quick, but she tells you at the last minute. 
I can be in that left lane, and she said, oh, you got to get off here. Well, why didn't you tell me that two minutes ago? Right? Anybody been there? Don't look at your spouse. Don't look around. They'll get nervous. So I got to cross four lanes to get out the offer, and generally, the way Jason does it, I just kind of go to the next one, and she gets so mad over that. So mad. So when you could have made it, I was like, yeah, but I had to cross five accidents to get over there. But, you know, it, but sometimes in life, that's the way it is. God's saying, okay, I need you to, I need you to pivot left right now. Go. I need, you to, I, need you to, I need you to slow down. Wait a minute. Who's that speaking to? That's speaking to me. You're getting too far ahead of yourself. And I've seen a lot of people, just a lot of conversations I've had this week where people are like at Mach 10 with things going on in the world. And I'm like, slow down. Let's just worry about what's for dinner tonight, okay? Let's get there, right? But we worry and we, 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 we what's going to happen? No, that's where we trust God. And maybe that positioning for you and just your spiritual walk is after you leave this place to just take you some time and have time with God and have time in his word and have time when you can focus on him. I got to think that when it comes to his, his position, just being there and on the ground with covered with soils, lost everything, that, that Job was really tempted to curse God. He was tempted to, 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 to say, okay, God, I, I, you just, just let me die, much, much what his wife says. His wife even came to him in 2-9, like I said, and said, okay, curse God and die. Just let, let this go. But he held true to what God has called him to. Think about that for a second. He held true to who God had made him. That same blameless man, that same man of integrity, that same man who trusted God with everything was still there. You see, I've always looked at life as a roller coaster, right? And I don't even like roller coasters, so this is a bad example. I just don't do roller coasters. Who, who doesn't like, where are my people at? Anybody don't like Nobody? Yeah, one, okay, I got a couple, I got a couple. The rest of you guys just, okay, <laughs> do your life. But with a, roller, <laughs> with a roller coaster, you literally, you're at the heights of heights, and that, that's the fun part for you guys who like roller coasters, right? And when you come down, you start screaming, and it's like your stomach's like up in your throat and everything, right? And then when you, in, in life, you get to that valley, and, and that valley's not a fun place. But just know that that height will come again. But are you going to trust the Lord in the valley? I've heard a song saying, I've heard some scripture read, that the same God in the valley is what? Same God up here. He didn't change. But are we going to change? That's the question. Are we going to trust when we're at our heights of heights? But when we get in the valley, well, groan and moan like the Israelites, right? Let's follow Job's example, who said, you know what? I'm going to trust God no matter what. When someone else is suffering, oftentimes listening and showing compassion, which is something that, to be honest, it didn't seem like Job saw. Let's look real quick. Chapter, uh, verse 5 of chapter 42, verse 5. Now, keep in mind, he's, he's really having a respectful conversation with God. And then you get right into verse 5, and he says, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. Verse 4, you listen, and I will speak. Or I listen, and I will speak, and he will speak. Trust it, that God will speak to us. You, some of you say, well, is that an audible voice? He'll speak through scripture. He'll speak through the preaching of his word. He'll speak through time and worship. Not only for us here, not only for you guys at home, but from generation to generation to generation. Does that make sense? I don't know about you, but if you're a parent in the room, I, I think, I, I haven't worried in this time so much for myself, but I start thinking about my kid. And I'm like, what kind of world is, at, a, at six is he going to have to learn to deal with? But you see, 
If I position myself, then my prayer is that my son watching me position myself to receive God's blessing, again, walking with him, that he'll do the same thing, right? Our children, our, our students here at Evident Church will watch us and want to do the same thing. Because experience, I believe, outside of the word of God, is sometimes the best teacher. And my prayer is that, that we would position ourselves daily, that we would position ourselves to say, you know what, God, you got this, and I know you do. So I had this experience. Um, I'm a nerd, and many of you have looked at me and said that, and that's okay with the big hair. It's wonderful. Um, I, I love comic books, and I've been reading comic books since I was five years old, and my wife in her infinite wisdom for Christmas bought me tickets uh, to go to the Marvel exhibit down in Henry Ford. Oh, my gosh. I went yesterday. I geeked out for two and a half hours. It was prices. Called up a buddy of mine. We went. It, I could have ran the tour. I'm just saying. I've been reading comic books that long. I could, but if you ha- it was just awesome. And so we were, we were there, and I'm like, oh, look. The, the. Some of you are not going to know what I'm talking about. I was like, it's the Tesseract from the movie. It's Iron Man's Mach 4 armor. I told you I was a nerd. Don't judge me. It's all right. Right? I was just like, yes, it's so awesome. So we did that, and we were talking, and, and it was great. And so afterwards, we decided to go eat, and he's like, well, you know there's a Chick-fil-A down here. I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I said it just like that. A Chick-fil-A, got God's place of eating? Of course. <laughs> Let's go to Chick-fil-A, right? Some of you, they're coming at home like, I love Chick-fil-A. Yes, yes, it's wonderful. So we go. Now, uh, obviously, in Michigan, we don't have many of them, but the, the line at this Chick-fil-A was like long. It was, there was a mire in the back, so the, the line went around into mire. But, you know, when you're waiting on God, see, pay attention to the message. You're waiting on God. You've got to wait sometime, right? And I just had to have that sandwich or, or a couple. But anyway, so we're waiting in line, and uh, there's a Taco Bell, like, right next to Chick-fil-A, because I guess if people got tired of waiting for Chick-fil-A, they just go into Taco Bell and eat, right? So we're waiting there, and there was a car coming out of Taco Bell, and, you know, there's, there's us right here in a car coming out of Taco Bell, and we kind of let them so that they could get out, because obviously they were leaving. Well, she pulls out, and another car coming on the other side of us hits her, okay? Right? I, thankfully, no one was hurt or anything like that. But literally, we're sitting there, and this woman gets out holding this hard taco, and I'm, I, it was, she gets up, she's like, I, and I heard her say, I was just trying to eat my taco. And she goes over, you know, they're looking at the damage. This woman hasn't let go of her taco yet. And I, it's fast, and I'm telling, telling my friend, I was like, just wait here, watch this. I'm, I, I'm transfixed by the taco. It must have been the best taco ever. So she's holding the taco, and she hasn't losing any of the taco. That was what's more impressive about it. And so she goes over, and she's still holding the taco, right? And the first thing, as I said, she said when she got in the car, she was like, I, I just wanted to eat my taco, no, obviously you don't have to put two and two together, but you guys realize that that taco was very distracting for her, right? Am I right? No disrespect to tacos and taco lovers around the nation, but it was. It was very distracting. So hashtag, you can put this down later, what is your taco? Saw that was going somewhere, did you? <laughs> what is your taco? What is that thing that's distracting you from the word of God? And distracting you from being able to position yourself where you need to in order to walk with him through the blessing. What is your taco? You know what my taco is? My, <laughs> you guys, I'm going to Taco Bell for lunch. But, <laughs> but my taco is just, sometimes I'm just uncertain. And I get caught up in that uncertainty. And that uncertainty just breeds anxiety. And if I'm honest with myself, that's my taco. That's taking my eyes off. That car didn't move. Or that car moved, but it was there. And if she had taken her eyes off the taco and watched where she was going, she would have seen that car that was very obviously right there. But she was so focused on the taco. 
that even after it happened, even during the calamity, even during the suffering, she had that taco in her hand. It must have been a good taco, y'all. I'm just saying. So hashtag, what is your taco? I, I can't wait to read the comments later. People, I, honestly, what is, and write it down. What is your taco? What is that thing that's distracting you from God? God's blessing, walking with God. I could stay there for a while, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Third point, last point. God is not finished with you yet. Amen? So not only disappointment becoming appointment, not only focusing uh, on God and being better focused on God, but knowing that God is not finished with you yet. He's not. He has not brought us this far to what? Leave us? Think about that for a second. He is not. When you ask the where and the why, he is here. He is amongst us. Don't forget that. From the depths of your heart, cry out to God. Romans 5.3. You guys know it. Suffering produces perseverance. I always struggle with that scripture. Because who wants to suffer? But if suffering produces perseverance. And not only that, guys. This, this is what's so cool. When we go through things in our life, we can share that with someone else. I've shared many times as I share it with you guys uh, for my wife and I, the struggle we went through medically uh, trying to conceive Jackson. It, it just it was it was a miracle. He's our miracle baby. Seven years, seven years waiting for that little bundle of joy who can sass me out now sometimes. But I love him all the same. And yet and still, God provides. We just have to wait. And oftentimes we don't want to wait. We want to say, okay, God, uh, God, are you, are you finished with it? No, he's not. He's growing you. He's making you the man, the woman, the student, the grandparent who God has called you to be. We can't lose sight of that. Philippians 3.10, you can read it later. That, that, that making over comes through the power of the resurrection. The story that we tell time and time again, the Easter story, it becomes no less impactful than now. The fact that he sacrificed his life, he suffered and endured all that for you and me. And not just for you and me, but for generation to generation to generation so that they can know the blessing. And that blessing, again, is walking with God. Think about that for a second. That blessing is walking with him. Your latter is greater than the former. Job received 4,000 sheep, 6,000 camels. 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 donkeys. Seven sons and three more daughters. Think about that. It wasn't those things, though. That's where people always land with Job. Well, he got, he got it taken away, and then he, that's not it. It's the blessing of walking with God. Look at that very, very last verse. Verse 17. Then he died an old man who had lived a long, full life. An old man full of years, an old man. Now, you know, I, I'm sure he reflected upon the suffering he had probably with his children and grandchildren and other generations, but he wasn't consumed by it. Stay with me, guys. Whatever's going on in our world right now, whether you're at home watching or here with us, let's not be consumed by it. Let's pray about it. Give it to God. He knows your anxiety. He knows your concerns. He knows your, give it to God and allow him to minister to each and every one of you. I want to close out and uh, knowing that God is not finished, invite the worship team to come up. Said earlier, I wanted to 
to share a story that, I, that would illustrate the, the, the blessing of walking with someone during a hard time. Take the last year. Anybody had a bad day with all that's going on? Raise your hand. Everybody should be raising your hand. I had one of those some weeks ago where literally from the time I woke up, did my devotion, it was a bad day. It just, I don't know, the, the, the coffee was bitter, the orange juice was sour. It was just, uh, anybody been there? It just the whole day, nothing was going right. I was wrestling with what's going on in the world. I was wrestling with the blessing of God. And I literally, as that day went forward, you know, I, I got, got to work and I got news that my son was going to have to go virtual for a week and try doing virtual with a first grader. God knows some of you have done it a lot longer than I have, but praise God. But I was thinking, how am I going to work? And my wife's going to work and we got to do virtual and what are other parents? Doing? And I was so overcome with all this and I was almost anxiety ridden. I know I'm be, I got to be honest with you guys. Stay with me. There was so much anxiety and I went to pick him up that day on his last day of school and He's in the car and I'm trying to keep it together for him. But honestly, I was on the verge of crying. I, I was. I didn't know. I, I, and I, nothing about my faith, trusting God. But I'm like, okay, God, I'm trying to figure it out, right? I told you guys. That's the way I started when I was 19 years old, trying to figure it out. And I didn't have the answer. I didn't have the answer. But let me tell you how God moves. I get home. And I'm getting him out of the car and I'm thinking like even what, you know, what am I going to do? It's Friday, but I got to prepare for Monday. And I just, I'm just anxiety, anxiety. And I walk up my three steps and there right there is a gift from Evident Church for my son. And can I tell you something? Just the fact that that true community we talked about last week blessed my kid that much, blessed me. Hey guys, stay with me. We're almost done. It wasn't the thing. It wasn't that thing. It was the fact that the people of God were obedient to let God work through them to be a blessing to me from generation to generation. And I got to tell you from that moment that I opened that package, I was able to pivot. You guys know what I'm talking about? I was able to pivot and my evening changed. And I was, I, I, it was like, it was like almost like that was a whole different day. Why? Because the people of God were used to be a blessing. Again, it's not the thing. It's the heart. We're going to do a song. You may not know it, but I wanted to minister to your hearts. I wanted to minister to your hearts like, like that story of Job does. I wanted to, to, to really allow you to focus on what really matters. Not the things, not the suffering, but our great God. That's where the focus is. And if God so inclines you to raise your hands, then do it. If God so inclines you to just close your eyes and think on the words that are being sung, do it. But what I, what I want you to get from this is that he wants you to do something. I don't know what that is, but you do. Are you willing to take that step? They say the first step's always the hardest. I kind of think the first step can be the sweetest. The first step can be that step that changes and allows you to pivot from anxiety and depression and worry to the grace of God. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much. You're a gracious and amazing God. And Lord, you are working. We may not see it, but you know what? It's not for us to see because we would probably take glory in that. It's about you, God. So right now, that blessing from generation to generation, 
for every son and daughter. Keep us, Lord. Allow us to take that pivot. Turn that disappointment into appointment, God. Allow us to know that you are there. In your name we pray. And God's people say, amen. Would you stand with me, please?